Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome back to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share the latest information and leading-edge thoughts to support the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring hidden precognitive and diagnostic power of dreams. One evolutionary tool often overlooked is dreams. Many authors, composers, artists, and for that matter, physicists and scientists have reported obtaining inspiration from their dreams. Dreams can be precognizant, as they're not bound by time. They can be expansive, as they're not limited by space. And they can be inspirational, as they're not restricted to the limitations of agreed-upon reality. While all of this can be greatly support evolution of thought, expansion of reality, and uncover innovative solutions to modern-day problems, there's one aspect of dreams that's particularly intriguing. Our bodies can actually communicate to us through our dreams— alerting us to developing imbalances and illnesses long before medical tests can detect them. How can our bodies communicate to us through our dreams? Can we learn to monitor our health through our dreams? How can we accurately interpret the information from our unconscious? Does this form of diagnosis have any place in our current medical model? With us this hour to delve more deeply into the topic of dreams and their application is Kathleen O'Keefe Carvanas. Kathleen has spent years studying and teaching about dreams. A three-time breast cancer survivor whose dreams diagnosed her cancer, she credits her survival to conventional treatment combined with her dreams as a diagnostic tool. All of her cancers were missed by the medical community and the tests on which they relied. Her knowledge and personal wisdom comes from the trenches of life, not from hypothetical theories. She's the author of Surviving Cancerland and co-author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life a life guidance coach, and inspirational speaker. Her website, KathleenO'KeefeCarvanas.com. Kathleen, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Thank you so much for having me, Gwelda. When did you first come interested in dreams? Um, well, I, I mean, I like everybody else, I always had dreams, but it wasn't until I really started having nightmares that were telling me that I had breast cancer, that I started paying extra attention to them. Up until then, that time, I, you know, every now and then I'd have a special dream, what I called a special dream, but until then, they were pretty much just entertainment at night while I was sleeping. So how did you know that uh, the dreams you were having was, were, was diagnosing cancer? Well, I had gone in for my yearly, you know, checkup, which, you know, for women is, pap smear, mammogram, blood test, physical exam. And my doctor had told me that I was healthy to go home and that I started having these nightmares where I would be having my regular dream, you know, the ones that I enjoyed, and all of a sudden that dream would freeze, just like uh, your computer page would just freeze. And then I would get a pop-up in my dream, like a pop-up on your computer, and it would be a window into another dimension. I'd see movement through the window and that window would then expand into a door 
and through that doorway would step a monk in a Franciscan monk in the dark brown robe and the the rope belt and the you know leather sandals and uh the hood would be up and he would say to me come with me we have something to tell you so right away you know that tells you well this is a different dream in the world so i would step through this doorway and there would be other monks there now i have nothing to do with monks i'm not even catholic so you know it was like okay and they took my hand and they put it on my breast and they said do you feel that and i said yeah and they said that is breast cancer Go wow, back just to that doctor clear. tomorrow. Yeah, that clear. It's breast cancer. Do you feel that? Go back to your doctor tomorrow and get a different set of tests. So, Gwilda, this went on for three months. I kept going back to my doctor, and then he would give me the same blood test, mammogram, uh, physical exam. He'd say, you know, I can't feel anything. There's nothing there. Go home. And finally, the third time, he said, you know, Kathy, there's nothing wrong with you. You're too young for breast cancer. Breast cancer doesn't run in your family. Go home. I don't want to see you for six months. Come back in six months. And that night I had a dream in which my, my dream would stop. The pop-up would appear. The monk would appear. And as soon as I saw him, I started crying. And I said, look, I know why you're here. And there, there's nothing I can do. I can't go perform a second set of tests on myself. And my doctor's not buying it. So if I really do have breast cancer, then do something to help me, help me live. Um, And the monk reached into the sleeve of his robe, pulled out a little tiny white feather, handed it to me and said, you go back to your doctor tomorrow without an appointment. You show up in his office and you use this feather as though it were a sword to cut through all his arguments and you get... Um, exploratory surgery because that's what you need to find this cancer so I did I went back to my doctor he was shocked to see me Uh, when I told him I wanted exploratory surgery he looked at me like I had set myself on fire and he said no I can't do that it's against my policy it's against hospital policy there's nothing wrong with you and I imagined that feather between my fingers and I pointed that feather mentally at him And I said, help me. I don't know where else to go. I know something's wrong. You know I'm not a hypochondriac. I would never beg you to cut me open. I know something's wrong. And he made an appointment to do the surgery. And I said, when he said, okay, I've got an appointment for surgery, I said, who's going to do the surgery? And he said, I am. He's a gynecologist. He said, I am. There's nothing wrong with you. You do not have cancer. If If it's anything, it's a fibristic tumor. Nothing else. And so long story short, um, I heard what I, when I went under for the, the exploratory surgery, I heard him say, we got it all closer up. And I dragged myself out of the anesthesia. And I opened up my eyes in the operating room. And I turned my head to him and I said, what was it? And you could have heard a pin drop in there. All I saw were eyeballs and bright lights. And um, he said, it's what we thought it was, Kathy. It's just a fibristic tumor. We found a little fibristic tumor. You're fine. And he said to the other doctor, the anesthesiologist, give her more, meaning the anesthesia. And it took me a long time to wake up, and I was really nauseous when I did. But he came into the recovery room, and he said, pathology didn't like what they saw when they cut that tumor open. And I said, so is it breast cancer? And he said, yes. Now I have to refer you to a specialist, which is what I wanted in there in the first place, a specialist. 
And long story short, I was in stage two, really aggressive breast cancer with it in a lymph node. So how did, how did the um, tests, how were they not able to, you know, to, to find that? There are many women. They say there's, oh, it's only like maybe 20%. There's at least 30, 35% of young women with dense breasts that mammograms alone do not work on. They don't. And unless you've had the cancer break out of, that 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 the area and get into your bloodstream it's not going to show up in your blood tests so until you are at a stage where you are really in extreme danger from dying of that cancer you're going to be asymptomatic so there's 30 percent of the women out there in the world who unless they can tune into their dreams and demand a second test they're just not going to be diagnosed in time and i'm not the only one that had that there are 41 stories in this book where that happened and we did that in four months so you can imagine how many people there really are out there yeah so um you and dr larry uh, buke i believe it is have actually compiled research on true stories of diagnostic dreams how'd you guys what led to your collaboration well, um, I had written when, when I realized that there were many other women out there, and, and one of my doctors, when I, when I started my cancer treatment, which entailed chemotherapy, uh, radiation therapy, a mm. number of surgeries, uh, because it was already stage two in a, in a lymph node, if my doctor had just given me an MRI when I first came in three months earlier and said, I know something's wrong, Maybe I would not have needed all those treatments because it would have been in such an early stage and picked up on the MRI. But because that didn't happen by the time it was found in exploratory surgery, um, I had to have extreme treatment. And so that's where dreams are really important for the early diagnosis of illness. You know, you go in and just say, you know, give me a second set of tests. Your insurance pays for it. It's not like any big deal. If, there, if you know something's wrong and you'd like a second set of tests, what I learned from this is be that squeaky wheel. Do not take no for an answer. Do not be dismissed. Sit down on the floor and, re, and refuse to be um, removed until you get what you need to live. And so when I did start to go through cancer treatment, my doctors told me, you know, mammograms are only as good as the people who give them and the people who read them, and obviously the people that were giving your mammograms were not good. But <laughs> the truth is, well done. Five years later, almost to the day, they missed recurrence using mammograms that, that were supposed to be so much better because they were doing them, and they had you know radiologists reading them that were supposed to be the best in the world, and they missed stage 4, 9 by 11 centimeter tumor. And that just brings us back to the fact that women, young, have gonna... dense breasts, we're going to have to pick up with this on the other side of a commercial break. Kathleen and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show, coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To stay abreast of all the wonderful information and tools we have to offer, visit our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiaka. Our guest this hour is Kathleen O'Keefe Carvanas. Her website, KathleenO'KeefeCarvanas.com. Kathleen, how was it? Was I mean, that's pretty shocking, that dream that you had. Um, and how did you have the gumption to stand up in the face of, um, you know, an authority telling you you're fine. You know, you just have to reach down inside you and find your warrior princess. <laughs> and you just <laughs> yeah. have to, you know, you've just got to refuse, like I said, refuse to be dismissed. 
and and refuse uh, to take no for an answer. And I learned that no just means start again at the next level up. Don't don't take it. Don't accept it. It's your life. It's just a day in the life of their work. It's the day in the rest of your life. So really be strong and and be obnoxious. If you've got to be obnoxious, be obnoxious. There were times where I was really obnoxious because my life depended on it. And you'll find in this book, um, you know, dreams that can save your life, early warning signs of cancer and other diseases, all 41 of these stories self-advocated. Some of them much stronger than others because some didn't have to advocate that strongly. Their doctors listened to them. Like, you know, Dr. Larry Burke is a perfect example. When um, I was going through all this, Dr. Larry Burke was a radiologist at Duke University Medical. And he started having women coming in and friends of his that were saying, I had these dreams that I had breast cancer. And two women in particular um, came to his mind and one of them went to her doctor and she really self-advocated she refused to be sent home she wouldn't go and he said you know you're healthy go home she said no i need a different test and he said well we can't give you one without something and she said look i want you to do a second test on this area right here and she pointed to it with her finger right here so he did and boom there it was and he was shocked she said he just went white and another friend of Larry's, woman, her doctor said, there's nothing there. Go home. This, the, the friend was actually a doctor herself. And he said, come back in six months. Go, go away. Go, leave. And she came back six months later, and it was too late, and she did die. And she is the only one out of all of the women, all the people in this book that we wrote that died, who went home, did as her doctor said, was a good patient, the rest of us, we were miserable patients, Gwilda. We were, we were the patients from hell. You know, we refused to leave. And so Larry decided to do research on this because he thought it was so fascinating. And I had written my book, Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, which told women exactly what to do and took them on the journey with me and showed them how to survive this, uh, even when it was an advanced stage of breast cancer. It was no longer a death sentence and how to get through the treatments and the chemo. And then a friend introduced us by phone. And uh, Larry and I decided to uh, collaborate and um, present at the International Association for the Study of Dreams, IASD. And that was the beginning of our work together. And I became one of uh, the patients that was in his study group uh, for his research. And uh, then when he was all done with his research, which he had published in a couple of, of medical journals, I said, what are we going to do with all this now? And he said, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I said, let's write a book. And so that brings us back to right now. Here and the are. fact that Larry and I are going to be presenting again at the IASD in Arizona, June 16th. So um, is, is there... Is there proof that dreams, um, did, did he come up with proof that the dreams can actually diagnose illness? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, the proof was the medical uh, community. We didn't tell, mo most of the people, I certainly didn't tell my doctors, I was having dreams with monks coming into my dream telling me I had breast cancer, what chemos to take, uh, what to do to counteract the, uh, the, the um, symptoms I was having. Uh, and the so the, monk, the monks having. told you, the monks told you all that. 
Yeah, they did. And they, do you do you did. personally have any uh, medical um, training? No. That's amazing, no. isn't it? Yeah. I'm a special ed teacher. <laughs> so where were they getting their information? Uh, you know, I mean, who are they? I think that these monks uh, who whose information was validated by the pathology reports, which the medical community could not could not poo-poo. They, they did it. They did the tests. And I think that these monks and, and many people in this book have guardian angels, spirit guides, I believe were born with them, uh, were their job, and they take that job seriously. I believe they are from uh, the, 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 on the other side of the veil of death, as it were. And when we're in crisis, they're given permission to come into our dreams and guide us. Many of us, you know, we don't want to believe it. It's too bizarre. We're afraid we'll be laughed at. We're afraid people will think we're crazy. But the truth of the matter is this has been going on uh, since man, were, you know, was created. And yeah, I understand. 4,000 years ago, and it was happening in the Egyptian temples and the Greek temples. Exactly. Didn't they use uh, dreams as a major diagnostic tool back then? They did. They did. And even ancient e- Egypt, uh, Inhotep, uh, who was a chancellor, basically, in Egypt to uh, the, the god Ra, or the king Ra, he used dreams and dream temples, Asclepic temples, what they call them later, but the dream temples, where people that were sick and didn't know what was wrong with them and didn't know what to do, would go and sleep on the floors next to their priests and dream together in tandem. And there's a whole section in the book on that, because daughters were dreaming for their mothers. Which, you know, brings up the big question, Gwilda, if we are connecting to our body through our dreams, okay? Let's say, like, well, like one call-in on uh, George Norrie, his show asked, well, maybe it's just your body and something you alluded to at the beginning of the show. Your body just knows what's going on inside you. And so it's giving you this information in your dreams. And I, I, you're, you're right. But how does that explain dreaming for others? How does it explain the daughters who dreamed of their mother's breast cancer? And the mother said, no, 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 you can't be dreaming of breast cancer for me. It doesn't work like that. If you're having a dream about breast cancer, it's for you, so you go to the doctor. And she went to the doctor, and she was fine. And then she dragged her mom to the doctor and said, no, this dream said you. I saw you, and her mother had the breast cancer. Mm. It's just book. amazing, isn't it, the interconnectedness mm-hmm. that we, we really are just starting to scratch the surface of. What what mm-hmm. are some of the common themes that show up in precognitive or diagnostic dreams that separate them from other dreams? Well, for one thing, you know, they keep recurring. There are dreams that you absolutely cannot forget. They even seep through, as it were, uh, during the day, in your daydreams. Um, they're always in your conscious, in your consciousness, and, and like when you you, you try to delve into your work to forget them, and then you sit back and, and you kind of daydream for a second, and boom, the nightmare, as it were, is back. Um, and then also it's a call to action. You just feel like you've really got to do something about it. it it's going to drive you nuts if you don't do something about it. And um, then, you know, the, the thing that makes these, these diagnostic dreams different from all the others is the validation and that's where I tell people what makes these dreams different from any other dream you can have is the validation. And in our book, because we really needed to be careful, we used the validation from pathology reports. Every story 
in the dream, uh, every dream story in this book was validated by pathology reports. If we didn't have the pathology reports, we didn't take the dreams. Our publisher wouldn't take the dreams. They wouldn't take a chance on publishing them. Right. Well, where you're mixing the two with your medicine and dreams, you definitely would need Mm -hmm. to be careful. Um, Is there a real emotional component to these dreams more so than others? Oh, yes. You wake up, your heart's pounding, you're in a in a, in a sweat, um, you know, there, you know, there's a knowing, there's a difference between knowing and believing. And, you know, when you believe something, it's like you have no proof, but you would go in that direction no matter what. But this goes beyond believing in your dreams. This is knowing that they come true and that there is a component to them that's different from any other dreams and that you need to pay attention. And that's what makes them different from all the other dreams. And that's what makes believing in these dreams different from believing in something else, because these dreams will create a knowing, because you've been there, done that, and it proved true. And that's probably one of the biggest components, the knowing. You can't come back from the knowing. And that's probably what gives you the stamina to, to buck the system, if you will. Yes. Are, are diagnostic dreams really precognizant, or is it they're detecting an existing problem before the medical test can? Well, you know, that's something that we touched on. Um, and, they, you know, there are two different types of, of these dreams. The diagnostic dream is you already have the condition. And so it could be at a very early stage, like at my stage two with the the type of aggressive um, cancer that I had, uh, it could have been much smaller when I first started having the dreams three months earlier. So as a diagnostic tool, it could have saved me a lot of grief, a lot of surgery, a lot of pain. Um, But a precognitive dream, um, the precognitive dream I had for all three breast cancers, telling me I was going to have three of them, was almost six years before they happened. So that wasn't already going on in my body, um, and I couldn't have known about it, but I had a dream called the three crabs. Well, we're going to have to talk Carl. about the three crabs on the other side of a short pause here. <laughs> Kathleen and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this break, so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, and we're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. 
live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing leading-edge information, supporting the path to enlightenment. Don't miss all the wonderful things we offer on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and we're speaking with Kathleen O'Keefe Carvanis. Her website, KathleenO'KeefeCarvanis.com. Kathleen, you were just getting into the three crabs story. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, uh, it, the three crabs story was a true precognitive dream. Because uh, it was it, I, it was meant for the future, and you don't always know what the future is. Is it five years? Is it ten years? Is it twenty years? That's what makes it precognitive. And um, so, in this dream called the Three Crabs, Three Pearls, it was while I was going through my first uh, bout with breast cancer, and in the dream, I walked into a a, a medical waiting office, like a doctor's office. And there were people sitting in there whom I had seen in previous dreams. So I didn't necessarily know their names, although I did know some of them. They had introduced themselves to me. But I looked to the right because I heard a door open, and this doctor walks out. She's a young female doctor, dark brown hair to her shoulders, has on 
the white uh, medical coat. She walks up to me, extends her hand, and says, Hi, I'm your physician within. My name is Dr. Jules. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I shook her hand, and all of a sudden, three crabs run across the floor, and she yells, catch them, stop them. And I take off after the crabs because they're heading for another doorway to the left, which is the past, and they're going, they're heading down the flights of stairs into the dark basement where there are a lot of corridors and I won't be able to find them and they can just grow and breed down there. So, you know, if you're into dreams at all, right away you realize that that is my body, that going down from my mind into my body, into my breasts, into the milk ducts where it's warm and dark and it can grow things. And as I'm going down the stairs, chasing after these three crabs, I, I, they reach the landing at the bottom and I realize if I don't get them, they're going to be everywhere and I'm never going to find them. And I yell really loud, stop in my dream and they stop. And suddenly I have a, a, a plastic container in my hand with water and I reach down and I scoop the three crabs up into the water and they pull their pinchers in and their legs in and they become three beautiful pearls. And I put a container, a top on the container, which is in my other hand and I stand there looking in the dream, in the dark, at these crabs that had turned into pearls that are glowing in the dark, just glowing. And I thought, three crabs? Three pearls? Okay, let's think about that. I had breast cancer in my breast. I had it in one lymph node. That's two. But three? Where's the third crab? And it woke me up. That was a precognitive dream because exactly five years later, um, we found the second real cancer. It wasn't the lymph node. The second real cancer, which was a 9 by 11 centimeter area, and the third cancer, which was in the other breast. So there were actually three cancers, which blew my New York doctors away because they were a little more open than the Boston doctors, and they, I told them about my dreams. And when they found the third cancer, they were totally blown away because it didn't show up in MRIs, it didn't show up in mammograms, it didn't show up in anything. I had requested a double mastectomy, and they found it when they were doing the slides. Mm. You know, we've brought this up a couple times in, you know, in a little roundabout way, but haven't really addressed it. It sounds like dreams need to be interpreted. How can a person tell that they're getting the right interpretation to the dream? Well, you know, we all have our own dream language in our body, in our inner selves and in our inner guides and all the people that make, make us who we are that goes beyond our id, ego, and superego, they all help us interpret our dreams correctly. And so one perfect example is one of the, the stories in the book, Dr. Kathy Kemper, who wrote a story in the children's section of the book, which also Dr. Bernie Siegel wrote a chapter in there, and he wrote the foreword to the book, talking about children in their dreams and drawing their dreams and how children haven't learned that they have to go find a dream dictionary, that, they, that their dreams are just toys to put them away like adults have. So children interpret their dreams correctly. And a perfect example is the story called Up, Up, Up in the book. And Dr. Kathy Kemper is a pediatrician who does her rounds very early in the morning to, to check on her patients. And she walks into the room of this one little girl very early in the morning, and the little girl's already sitting up in bed all happy. And Kathy checked on her first because her, 
she had leukemia and her blood tests had been very poor. She was not recovering from her last treatment and so they had had to postpone her next treatment, which is devastating to children because they're planning to go home. They want to get their treatments done and they want to go home. They want to come out of quarantine. So Kathy said, well, you're up early this morning and you look really happy. What's, what's going on? And the little girl said, I had a dream last night and I know my, my blood count has recovered. I mean, they start talking like doctors. This little girl was only like eight years old, seven or eight years old. And Kathy said, really? How's that? She said, I had a dream and the thermometer, the mercury in the thermometer was going up, up, up. So I know my blood cell counts are good and I'm ready for my next treatment. And because Kathy is a dreamer and understands that we, only we can interpret our own dreams, she believed the interpretation of the little girl, whereas somebody else who would go to a dream dictionary might say, look, mercury going up in a thermometer means fever. Fever equals infection. Let's get her on antibiotics right away and immediately do that. But Kathy said, no, let's go ahead and take a blood test and send them off and see what's going on. And instead of having an infection, the little girl's blood counts went up, and she was ready the next day for her next treatment. How far are we from having dreams and diagnostic dreams taken seriously by the medical profession? You know, we're, we're not, and we need to be. I mean, I, I think the medical profession sees this as woo-woo and a, and a threat to all of their book learning. But if they go back further, they'll see it's in all the book learning. It's in the Bible. It's in the Quran. It's all over the place. I mean, look at Joan of Arc. Yeah, they used her when her dreams fit their agenda. And then when that was all done, you know, they burned her at the stake because it really scared her, scared them. So the medical community, when when one of the questions every doctor should be asking a patient is, have your dreams changed? Have you been having unusual dreams? I mean, Dr. Freud, Dr. Jung were doing that. Why have we moved away from that in modern medicine? Because if a patient says, I've been having these really awful recurrent dreams, blah, 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 and the doctor says, well, what do you think that means? And they say, well, I think I've got a condition. Why would it be such a big deal for the doctor to say, let's just be sure and do a second test? then use medical science to validate or disprove that dream. Because the truth of the matter is, people have asked me, what if you had told your Boston doctors about the dreams and they had laughed at you and laughed at you? And I said, you know what, I could live with that. I could live with people laughing at me, especially once the pathology reports proved them wrong, then, then I get to laugh. Um, rather than having all of us crying together because they didn't listen to my dreams and I didn't listen to my dreams and I'm dying. So we can live with being laughed at. I may not be able to live with, with crying because I'm dying. So, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, are, are there a lot of reports of people having diagnostic dreams and the attending physician not taking the information to account but later having it panned out? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, we, you know, Gwilda, we, when Dr. Larry Burke and I uh, decided to, to put this book together, to write the book, 
he said, you know, um, Kat, I am just so busy right now that I don't have the time to go and find an agent and I don't have the time to write a book proposal and write the whole book, do the whole book and then send it out and spend years looking for a publisher. You know, we just, I just don't have that kind of time. And I said, look, I already have the agent. So let me write a proposed book proposal, which means I don't have a book. <laughs> I'm just going to write a proposal on what we want to write on and um, then maybe do three chapters. And because Dr. Bernie Siegel wanted to be in the book, I said, okay, what do you want to do, Bernie? And he said, well, I want to write your foreword, and I want my own children's chapter. And I said, great, write the foreword now so I can send it in with a book proposal. Larry, you write your chapter on the research that you did, and I'm going to write my feather dream. And we're going to take those three chapters and send them in the book proposal and have them, my agent send them or shop them around to the publishing houses. Well, it, well, seems, we'll like there's, it seems like there's a lot of uh, need for this information to get out there. How about more studies instead of just a book? I mean, you have to have more proof, right? Yes, but in order to do studies, you have to get grant money. And in order to get grant money, you have to have proof. And in order to have proof, you've got to have the more studies. But in order to get more studies, you've got to have grants. Around the circles we go. See that vicious circle? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what it was all the time with the dream. So we're breaking that circle with the book because, again, you know, my agent sent the, the book proposal out. Two weeks later, we were in a bidding war. We had no book written. In a bidding war. And within a month, we had a signed contract. And in the contract, which was a great contract, by the way, it said we have to have the, the um, manuscript in within four months. We had four months to complete this whole book. But here's, here's what I'm trying to get at, Gwilda. Well, we're, going, we're going to have to take another break, um, and we'll mm -hmm. get together on the other side of the break. We'll be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. 
Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love to hear from my listeners. Email me at info at emissionevolution.org and suggest a topic or a guess that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our guest is ours, Kathleen O'Keefe Kavanis. Her website, KathleenO'KeefeKavanis.com. Kathleen, what what place do you see uh, dream diagnosis having in the future of medicine, and how can we refine it? Well, I see it as a tool, um, you know, not competing with medicine, not competing with treatment, but as a tool, as an early diagnostic tool, um, you know, like many of the stories here in the book, although it took, uh, you know, and people all over the world, not just not just the people that we've met yet, but this is a phenomenon that's been going on forever where they, you have a dream and you go to the doctor and you, you say, I know something is wrong. And so in the future, what I see happening is patients going into their doctors during a checkup and saying, I had a dream last night and this is what was in the dream and I'd like you to check my blood levels for uh, diabetes. Because there are stories about people who had dreams that were warning them they had diabetes. So isn't there going to be some studies needed and some education done to help doctors interface with people's dreams? Oh, that would be wonderful if we could do that. Yes, and and I'm hoping that all the stories that people are, are telling the world about how their dreams diagnose their illnesses will start to promote that. Because it's, it's, it's a diagnostic tool that's right at their fingertips. I mean, it would make doctors' jobs so much easier because, you know, I really believe that science and medicine is a gift from a higher power. But it's not the higher power. You don't worship science. You don't worship those gifts. Um, what you do is you use them. You use those gifts. And when science goes so far... Sometimes it drops off the cliff just before it's 
supposed to do what it's supposed to do. And so science goes so far. And then comes your higher power that jumps that, that area, that, that makes the jump for you, that creates the bridge. And that's what's so necessary. I mean, In- if you think about it, Gwilda, why do we spend almost half of our life dreaming you know, eight to nine hours a day. Some people need 10 hours. Why do we spend all that time sleeping and dreaming if it's not important? If it's not as important as food that keeps our body healthy and grows our body. This is food for our soul. Our dreams are food for our souls. And when our souls are disturbed, our body is disturbed. You know, you report hearing uh, people hearing their name called during the day or at the end of a dream. What is the significance of hearing your name? Well, you know, I call that the, the cocktail party syndrome. And, and um, you know, it's an actual thing that happens. You know, if you're in a big party, let's say you're at a Christmas party, and you are all the way across the room from a group of people, and, and it's very, very noisy, but suddenly you hear your name. Or you could hear the name of somebody you used to date that you broke up with. And it, it like, cuts right through all the other noise. And it's like the person standing right next to you, and suddenly you're no longer focusing on the person talking to you. It's like your ear grew, and it hit the floor, and it went across the floor, and it went over to where that other group is, and you're listening. Well, that's what happens in dreams, because it's the way our inner selves get our attention with all the dream noise. And so not everybody has monks that walks through dream doors. Some people just have voices that speak to them, just before they wake up so that they can bring that information back with them and they don't forget it. Oh, so it's, it's like a way to recall the dream. It brings you more yeah. present. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you exactly. know, some of, our, some of our listeners may have difficulty remembering their dreams. Do you have some tools that you can recommend to help with recall? Yes. One of the things that, that I, I talk about is um, the acronym SHOW DREAM. As a tool, it's actually seven steps to remembering your dream. So the first thing, and and everybody can do it. So just, you know, just remember the words, show dream in order to remember your dreams. And you have to dream before you can remember it. So the S is to set your intention, which is, um, you know, almost like a law of attraction. It's the dream part of law of attraction. You want to attract a dream to you. So organize your mind. First, set your intention. I want to remember my dream. I want to dream tonight and remember my dream. It can be as simple as that. And then the next thing you want to do is the O for so dream, which is organize yourself before you go to sleep so that you can record your dream as soon as you wake up so you don't forget it. So you want to put a dream journal, a pen, or a recording device, and a flashlight if necessary next to your bed so that you can use it immediately upon awakening. And then the next one, D for dream, is dream. In order to begin the process of fulfilling your intention, you have to dream. And a lot of people say, well, I don't dream. Everything dreams. Studies have shown that living things, all living things dream, including the fetus in the womb at seven months. There's REM, rapid eye movement, which begs the question, are they looking at the angels? What are they looking at? Because they haven't even been out in the world yet, but they're dreaming. So the next thing you want to do is the R. Remain in your sleep position when you wake up. You know, so many of us, our alarms go off, we jump out of bed. 
um, sit up, rub our eyes, and boom, the dream's gone. You just jolted yourself right out of the dream realm, and then you can't remember it. So when your alarm goes off, stay in your position. Open your eyes slowly and grasp that dream before it disappears. Just one little part of it. Grab its foot before it takes off out of your mind. And then um, write down the emotion that you felt when you grabbed that piece of the dream, that part of you, the, the snippet that elicits the most emotion, what, what got you going, what made your heart beat faster, what made you laugh. You know, sometimes you'll laugh in a dream. And then add to that memory of your dream by saying, okay, when I was dreaming that, what colors did I see? Did I hear sounds? Did I hear words? Were there people in my dream? Did I recognize any of them? How about animals? Were there animals? Was I inside or outside? Were there plants in the dreams? Did I see any symbols? Did I see numbers? Were there cars? All of that, just jot it down. And then the M for so dream. And the last one is meaning. Underline the words that have meaning for you. Some of those meanings will be universal, uh, like the sun. We always know that's day. You're not going to see the sun at night necessarily unless it's a symbol for something else. But that's a universal symbol. But what is the meaning to you? And that brings us back to the little girl who said, yeah, I saw the thermometer and the, and the mercury and the thermometer was going up, up, up. So, so that tell me, meaning can... is for you. Can a, can a person re-enter a dream if they feel like they've been interrupted too soon? And if so, how? Yes, yes. Let's say, you know, just, just uh, click your, your, your smartphone onto snooze. Settle right back down in the same position in your bed. If you were in a fetal position, get back in that position. If you were on your back, get back in that position. Close your eyes. Don't think about anything. Don't think, oh, I'm going to be late for work. No, no. Slide right back into that dream because the door's not closed yet. Um, it's still cracked, and that will push that dream door back open, and you can then start remembering additional things to the dream. Or you can say, okay, so I saw uh, this in my dream. What does that mean? Show me more of that. And it'll probably go right into it and show you more of that. So if we can dream an illness, can we dream a cure? I believe we can. Um, you know, there, there's one uh, story that just, uh, just absolutely blows my mind, and I, I talk about it every time I'm on a show. And it, uh, one of the women uh, had um, stage 4 terminal uterine cancer, and she was young. She was in her 20s. She had a 2-year-old. And her doctor said, you know, we've tried everything. Nothing's working. It's gone everywhere. You only have a couple months left. Go home, spend time with your child, get your house in order, which are devastating words to hear. You're just starting your life with your child married, and now you're going to die, and who's going to raise your child? And she did. She went home, and that night she had the most amazing dream. She dreamt that this spaceship came down out of the sky, landed in her backyard. She dreamed that she went out to the spaceship and that these little aliens, came down out of this silver spaceship and walked up to her and said, you need interferon. Remember this, interferon. And then they got back in the spaceship and they took off. Well, we're so about out of morning, time, so you better clip to the end. <laughs> okay. So she goes back to the doctor, tells him about her dream that she needs interferon. He says that's 
that's not even out on the market yet, but I think I can get you into a study. That was 20 years ago. She's still alive. So, yes, our dreams can, can give us healing information. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Kathleen, I'm so glad that you've turned your illness into a gift of information and possibly future cures for so many other people. Thank you so much for your work. Oh, you're, you're, you know, thank you for having me on. It was a joy. As always, time has flown, and now we're out of it. Our guest this hour has been Surviving Cancerland and co-author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Kathleen O'Keefe Cavanas. Her website, KathleenO'KeefeCavanas.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. You can also find all our archive shows, and there's some wonderful, wonderful um, hours worth of information there for the evolving human being. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. 
Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.